0: Hello everyone. My name is Lao Maji and this is the Purple Elephant Playground Podcast, a space where we can make connections and change our perspectives using our own personal power. Thank you so much for listening. Hi everyone. This is Lao Maji and uh Welcome to the Purple Elephant Playground Podcast in Asheville, North Carolina. We're recording from my home right now. And today I am going to have a wonderful guest. Her name is Lisa Wagner, and she is a good friend of mine. And um, I've always been intrigued by her work. She's a writer and an alchemist and a Reiki master, um, and that's actually kind of how we met with the, the Reiki and, um, and I wanted to talk to her a little bit, bit about her, her life and what she does and, and I've always been very curious and I'm sure you guys will be too. Um, and so let's uh, bring her on. Uh, hi, how are you doing, Lisa?
1: I am doing well. How are you doing?
0: I'm wonderful. Thank you for asking. Um, Thank
1: you for that wonderful intro as well.
0: Of course, of course. Yes, you deserve it. Absolutely. Thanks. Um, so while you were, we had like a little pre-interview and, and um, I kind of did a little research on Lisa and, oh, oh, and um, I found out that she got the number one blog on Papio's this past week. Congratulations, Lisa.
1: Thank you. I'm really excited.
0: yeah, so you have a blog. what is this what is this blog that that you um you write? yeah,
1: so I write um. Pretty much a weekly blog. Sometimes it ends up being every two weeks, depending on the season, but it's called Witch Indeed. And it's on the Patheos Pagan channel. But you can, um, if you Google Witch Indeed, you should be able to find it. And I write a blog about things that happen in my life, um, magical moments, living in magical Asheville, pretty much, uh, things I encounter, things I learn, things I'm going through. Sometimes I include rituals. the blog that hit number one last week, which I am really seriously so excited about. It's one of my goals in life, um, just because all the fellow writers are people I admire so tremendously. So, I wrote thirty-one things to do for Samhain, uh, which is coming up. It's the the pagan part of Halloween, and so it was it was an amazing thing that happened actually when I wrote it because sometimes I get like these intuitive hits and like something literally came over me and said you need to write this blog like right this second and i i always follow my intuition or i try to and i went straight to my laptop And it just poured out of me. And it feels like a wave a little bit, like there's a wave washing through me when I write, and that I know that I'm just like, I've tapped into that whatever creativity, deity involvement, whatever that is that guides me to write what I do. And it just poured out of me. And I have gotten so many lovely messages and responses, like, I've been in a bad mood and this list cheered me up, or like you told me you've done most of them already. And I I felt like a lot of people would do it intuitively, but if they needed a boost, you know, they have a list they can sort of check with, because I like to do that just to see, like, oh, what could I do today? I'm not feeling that great. Oh, here's a list, you know, let me do something.
0: Creating a better environment for you in later in the in the season.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Always hard for me. Like I don't think about the cold weather until it hits me. Right. And I'm like, oh crap. <laughs>
1: Yeah.
0: And quiet contemplation, man, there are a a lot of uh, really great. And I make playlists like all the time when it comes to like the weather. And I've been listening to a lot of fall playlists um, today, actually. I'm like, I'm so done with my summer playlists. (laughs)
1: Yeah, that's great.
0: Yeah, it's really great. Um, Yeah, I was um, I've been yeah, I've been doing um, the, uh, the Halloween movies especially because Disney plus has like so many awesome ones, like Hocus Pocus and Maleficent and all that stuff. So I make my friends watch them. <laughs> oh, that's great.
1: That's wonderful. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> like, do you guys want to watch Beetlejuice? And one of my friends yesterday was like, I've never seen Beetlejuice. Oh
1: my gosh.
0: <laughs> or something like that. So it's not in her like, yeah. Uh, um, uh, movie repertoire. So I love I love all of these. And I love that you are um, encouraging people to vote and um, having an online ritual or, or or going to an online ritual, um, which is basically what we have to do right now. How has um, how has COVID f- affected you as a as a person, a, a Reiki master and um, alchemist? How has that affected you?
1: Oh, yeah, that's a great question. Um, part of me loves it because I'm an introvert. So I don't have any problem keeping myself occupied. I do miss uh, the thing I miss the most is, is physically hugging people. Um, so that part's been hard and that comes in waves sometimes where I just really miss hugging friends and um so I've done it like here and there once I'm sure, you know, because I live in a household with immunocompromised people. So I have to really, you know, be really strict about that. So the few hugs I've gotten are treasured and um other than that, a lot of stuff uh, obviously has moved online and I've not made the leap myself just yet, doing like videos and, and rituals myself but I have joined other rituals and helped out. And I always do, I can always do online consultations, which I've been doing. And uh, I do specialize in distance Reiki. So that part has, you know, just sort of trucked along. Um, I have had a few in-person sessions, but we were uber careful, very, very careful. And um, yeah, so we, we, I did a lot of that as well. So
0: yeah. Sometimes when you're like doing stuff from afar anyway, you know, it doesn't really affect you that much. So especially the introvert, the introvert in me, I'm an extrovert introvert. So I need like, I need people, but I also need, I really need time to myself. So.
1: Oh, I'm the same way. Yeah, no, I, I'm the same way, but deep down, yeah, I'm an introvert, but um, yeah, sometimes I, I need people to recharge my batteries. So yeah, I've had to find different ways for that.
0: Totally. I liked that. Um, the last time Lisa and I hung out, we went to the Riverside cemetery and I think we did hug. Did we hug? We, we
1: absolutely hug. hugged. <laughs> and I cherish that.
0: It's always great to do stuff like that with friends, because then you're like doing something for yourself and doing something with them. So
1: definitely yeah,
0: you can definitely do stuff like that. You should. Um, so let's talk more about your blogs. And um, I, I actually want to talk about the blog that that changed it all for you. Um, the one, um, the Positive Pagan blog. Um, yeah. Yeah. So tell me more about what happened with that.
1: So uh, a couple of years ago, I think when all this nightmare started, I think it was either – 2016 or 2017, I or it could be even be 2018. I don't, I think it was 2017, honestly. Um, I wrote a blog called uh, Being a Positive Pagan in a Dark World because you know we've been through waves of being overwhelmed and, and frazzled and upset, and then COVID just added a whole new layer. So this was before COVID times, and I wrote a blog about that, uh, just being positive, like the world is. Horrific, but there's something within us that keeps us going. And I sort of hit on a nerve because I had so many responses, and I still get responses to this day saying thank you. You know, I feel alone. I feel like you know I'm a Pollyanna, or people call me naive. But there's a part of me that just keeps on going, and is positive. And uh, from that, I, uh, I was. It was. I got such a response that I approached Llewellyn Publishers, which is um. A uh, publisher of a lot of metaphysical type of books, and I said, "Hey, you know, I have this blog. I have this idea. I think there's a need out there." And honestly, I didn't find any similar books about it. So I have a book coming out next year called uh, "Positive Pagan: Staying Upbeat in an Offbeat World," and it's coming out in August 2021. I just got the cover, and I'm so excited. Um, it looks really exactly what I had envisioned, so I'm really excited about that.
0: That's so wonderful. I we're actually using the cover to, um kind of uh explain what the podcast is about so um, oh thank you yeah so anybody who wants to look at that can and um I really like I really like how you said Polly ish mm-hmm. <laughs> because sometimes like I'm the same way like sometimes people are like she's so positive and she's so nothing's wrong with her life and I'm like oh <laughs> that's not true <laughs> yeah, in
1: spite of all of this we're and, still positive yes yeah
0: and also like being being um put in like kind of like a, a little box of uh, sorts you know like uh naive and you know easy to um control or manipulate you know because like being positive is uh is shown it's like a sign of weakness for some people and um you can actually take yourself on mute if you want to like in in
1: okay <laughs> yeah um i No I, I love listening to you so yeah, yeah. um yeah no i gr- i grew up in a household that um my mom had survived world war 2 in germany and so i grew up with this kind of attitude like you need to be realistic you need to be tough you need to be all these things that I can be, but there was a kernel in me or a flame or an ember that just was like, that's not the way. That's not the way for me. And I've always had that. And at one point when I had therapy, this I, I include this in the book, my therapist um, <laughs> looked at me and said, wow, you have this amazing ability to find diamonds in the muck. And that I, I get goosebumps every time I think about it, because it was true. I mean, that sort of summed up how I am. Like, I have been through some horrific things. But somehow, through it all, I keep going because I can't find that little itty bitty diamond in the middle of all that mess.
0: Yeah. yeah. Totally. I've always been that way, too. I'm always like, somebody will tell me oh, some, something bad's going on in my life. I'm like, well, at least you're not
1: xyz yes
0: and uh yeah so like i'm always that friend that people are like oh this is happening to me and i'm like you know t- trying to help them and like look at like one of th- maybe one good thing they can look at sometimes they don't like that but sometimes they think i'm too positive
1: <laughs> yeah i've gotten that too so, like, I'm not seeing the whole picture or something. And I was like, oh, trust me, I see it. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I see the
0: whole picture. I've been through it. It's okay. But it's also okay. Like, I've also learned, like, sometimes people just don't want to hear it. And you don't always have to, like, absolutely volunteer your. I'm having to learn that in my 30s, definitely, because not everybody mm-hmm. wants to hear, hear my positive outlook. Like, I just want to be sad. Like, okay. Well, if you yeah. just want to be sad, that's okay too.
1: And absolutely, yeah. And, you know, and I think there's a um, misconception that positive people, they never go dark or, you know, they never go to the dark part of the spectrum. And no, we can go there. It's just that it's a a choice, or I I don't know. I sort of have found like this commonality of like all of us seem to have survived something horrific, but there's something within us. And like I said, it's like an ember or something that keeps us going um, because it's that way um, that keeps us sort of of motivated and moving forward and not wallowing in it or, or getting bogged down in it. So.
0: Yeah. Letting stuff go a little bit easier, like, you know, forgiving yourself for what you've done or oh, yeah. forgiving somebody else for what they've done and letting it go and like, not letting it like carry, you don't want to carry so much with you, you know? And, and I think that's, that's, is that part of like, kind of like your book It's carrying, carrying the negative energies with you and maybe like, Well,
1: yeah, well, I like to consider it like a a positive sort of handbook. Uh, I, I really envision it as something you can like keep on your nightstand or, you know, in your backpack or something. And just like when you need a quick hit, you could just sort of open it at random yeah, and just be like, okay, this is something I can do because I feel like action makes us feel better. Um, I mean, sure, there's whole days where we could spend, you know, watching sad movies or listening to sad music. Nothing wrong with that. But I think, you know, just having a reference or um a little hit of inspiration, because that's part of my purpose I feel in life is like I want to inspire people. I want them to to, you know, take advantage of the tools I've learned for myself to keep going and hopefully help them when they're like in a dark place or not feeling positive or, you know, feeling alone and being positive.
0: I like this, uh, that you've even meditated in the shower. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like we all have like, we all have time to be like, Generally peaceful. Like if we can find a time in our lives to be peaceful, we don't have to. I was, I've I've actually uh, just finished a book. Me and my friend started a book club and, um, and if you'd like to be part of it, totally can. Nice. Good to know. Let that shit go. Yes. And it's amazing. And they did talk about, um, finding time in your daily life to find peace, at any time while you're driving, like there was a big part, big chunk of it was like starting out your day and doing all the things. And then you go to work and then you, th- then you question yourself. You're like, wait, how did I get to work? I don't remember driving. Right. Like you're so on autopilot most of the time that you're not, you're not in the moment and you're not um trying to capture the essence of each moment um the mm-hmm. way that, you want to, and um, and finding that peace in in the in just driving to work, like with the trees. I mean, we live in North Carolina, right? Like a beautiful part of North Carolina. I think all all of North Carolina is beautiful, but Asheville, especially. Oh, and agreed.
1: Yeah, it's a magical place.
0: And like, look at the Blue Ridge Parkway. Like maybe like a glance. You don't have to stare at it. You know, we know you have like somewhere to be, and cars in front of you and behind you, but. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but you know I mean, like glancing at it and uh, uh, like being grateful for it
1: absolutely
0: for those little moments,
1: yeah that's what I call like part of my positive pagan toolkit, you know is our moments like that. um my favorite way is when I'm feeling really stressed out is just to drive and play music really loudly with the windows down, and oh, yeah. it is such a stress release for me that i I can't recommend that highly enough. <laughs>
0: Okay, so um, yeah, I'm reading this book right now, and it is talking about this scientist who is studying the molecular structure of water, um, and he says these phrases to each glass of water, and three of them are positive, and one of them is negative. So he'll say, I'm grateful for you. Um, you are beautiful. I love you. And then for the, like the fourth one, he'll say, you disgust me. And um, each molecular structure was different. The first one was looked like a diamond and the ones that were positive looked beautiful. And the one that was negative looked um, distorted. And I thought it was very interesting to see like the intent of what you're doing and what you're saying, and the action, like you said, um, of it—if um, it's positive or negative—has an effect on uh, on on the outcome and um, how you do it, and how it's perceived, and all of that. Um, oh, absolutely! That, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, well, that just sort of reminds me of that science um, fair experiment, you know, where like some plants listen to classical music and some plants didn't do well with hard rock for some reason. But um, <laughs>
0: really? so
1: I, I think, yeah, I know, um, which is odd, but it's like I think it's the intensity, too. And, you know, yourself, like from. I think from childhood, sometimes we get these messages that, you know, just stay in our brains, no matter what happens. And so definitely it's, it's work. I mean, it's work to process through those things and to stay positive when you have like that message that's going on in your head, like in this loop. So yeah. So hopefully this uh, book will help with that as well.
0: That's been like a huge, um, huge thing for me is staying positive throughout all the muck that's going on with, you know, everything and like the media or, you know, politically or just in my life and my friend's lives, you know, (laughs) I tend to take on the things in my, in my friend's lives sometimes. Um, but yeah, it, it can be very, very, uh, it can be a struggle for real.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, it's no, it's not easy. And I think that's another misconception. I think people view positive people, pagans or whatever, as just like we're living in this little fairy tale bubble. And it's like, no, 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 we're aware of what's going on. We're very aware. uh, And but we are taking like action and steps to maintain our sanity so that we can be there for ourselves and do self care and be there for others as well. So yeah, totally,
0: totally um yeah uh god there was something I was I was gonna say after that but um so let's uh I would like to know more about like your journey and where you come from and what um brought you to start writing this blog and um, oh yeah yeah what started what started you writing this blog
1: Oh, well, that's really interesting. Uh, What started me writing this blog, I can take it back to uh, the weekend uh, before the month I moved up to Magical Asheville. And I had been living in Winston-Salem, which is about two hours from here for several decades. I grew up between New York and uh, North Carolina and grew up in a very German Austrian family that had a lot of what I look back and see as folk magic and things that happened and that I just sort of internalized, but I didn't have language for it. Um, So when I moved, I was looking for a place in Asheville and I was getting frustrated. I have no sense of direction. I didn't know where to look. I didn't know. It's been a while since I had to look for an apartment And so I got really frustrated, and so I ended up at Riverside Cemetery, which is where the writer Thomas Wolfe is buried. And for some reason, uh, I just was led to go to his grave. I, I went there for a walk because I knew where it was. That was the one place, one of the few places I knew in Asheville. And I went for a walk, and it was a beautiful day, and I knew it wouldn't be crowded and I needed to clear my head. And I end up in front of his grave. And for some reason, I just plopped myself down in front of him and just started talking to him like he was a friend. And I said, you know, hey, you know, I'd like to move here. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know why I'm moving here, really. (laughs) And uh, by the way, you know, I've always considered myself a writer since I was five, but I don't do anything about it. I really don't. And I'm really tired of that. So can you help me? Yeah. And so and I and in return I said, you know what? I will always visit you and chat with you and stuff like that, but I could really use your guidance. I have no idea what possessed me to do that. All I know is I left his graveside feeling better. The next place I stopped at ended up being where I lived for like the next four or five years. And it was a lovely place. I really lucked out and I just started meeting people and I started really writing and trying to get published and so I got like an essay published in a book called My Wandering Uterus and it's a a collection of travel essays by women and I just started doing a a bunch of different projects like things would come across my view that I'd be like oh I want to do that and I you know let me submit something and it would be accepted and I was really fortunate and I didn't have any expectations I just sort of just went with the flow of it and so one thing led to another and I met the manager of um, my Pathios blog at, I think, a conference. And he just really liked the things I wrote just on my Facebook page and said, you know, I really like what you write. I like your style. Would you consider writing for us? And oh, my gosh, that was like a dream. Like, I'd always had a dream. I wanted to be a, a blogger, but I had no idea how to do it or not enough, I don't know, consistent gumption to, to head towards that. So that's how the blog started. <laughs>
0: That's wonderful! Wow. Yeah. And what did you start, first start start writing uh, about? It, it, was it right right away? Was it um, about um, being pagan or?
1: Yeah, pretty much. It was. Uh, it was really interesting because I I wrote a lot of different things. You know, growing up like poetry and fiction and you know stories. I never completed a book or anything, but I, you know I just sort of dabbled and I found myself always coming back to like personal essays. Um, so I like to write about things that happened to me and hopefully it got really important to me to like be able to inspire people uh, and, uh, and help, help them out because I've been in a dark place myself a lot of times and what helped me get through it would be someone's writing. And like Jane Eyre was like one of the cornerstones of my childhood, if that gives you any idea. And so, or little women, you know, like strong women writers always appeal to me. And so I just, I just started writing uh, things that happened to me, what I learned from it. Um, And like the essay in my wandering uterus is from my first trip to Ireland and what I experienced and the theme of it was freedom and how I found my own personal freedom going to a foreign country. And just the things I discovered while I was over there, things I discovered about myself um, and things like that. So that seems to be the thing I love to write the most so that's why the blog is such a great outlet for me because I'll just tell you what's happened with me or what I've been doing or what I'm thinking of or what's been working for me
0: that's how I feel about the podcast like anything that happens in my life I have to like kind of put it down on paper and like talk about it because if I don't I'm gonna probably be squirming until I do right
1: yeah it does feel like that and I think too magical uh Asheville is is really true I mean it I am so inspired by so many people here that are so creative that do things like you do like the podcast and everybody always seems to have like a side creative endeavor that they're doing. And it just That's makes cool. me so happy. Yeah. Because they're always like, I have met so many interesting people. Yeah. Musicians yeah. and podcasters and writers and all kinds of things. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's really um, inspiring to see um, you writing. And uh, actually I started... I, I just remembered it kind of just popped into my mind that I had a blog maybe like three or four years ago and it might still be on, you know, the internet somewhere, but, um, <laughs> it was called symphonic melodies and it was kind of about like the same type of thing that I'm doing right now. Um, but, um, I wanted to um, come back to this um, blog this in particular about the positive paganism and, um, you talk about your mental health and how it's priceless.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, what is what do you do to ha- keep help your mental health? What do you do on a daily basis?
1: Oh yeah, these are things I've I've learned throughout the years that just keep me sane. Basically, um, most of it is, uh, especially the last couple of years, is meditation. Uh, I used to sort of meditate here and there sporadically, and when I made a conscious choice to do it every single day, I do it twice a day. And at first I started resisting it, but once I started doing it, I I can't live without it. And for that, I'm really grateful because it just gives you space to just sort of block out the world. And um, that's been really helpful. I'm very protective about my personal energy. So... I. I do pretty much like I have boundaries, like if there's things I'm uncomfortable with, I just can't do it. And I used to like struggle through or try, you know, and you know, not wanting to disappoint people and things like that. But I've, I've learned my boundaries now. And so I just say no, if I can't, if I know I can't. And I'm always polite about it, obviously. But it just is that those are the two things that get me through literally every single day.
0: That's wonderful to hear because I I try to do the same thing. Like saying no is like such a hard thing for me. It is. Yeah. I'm learning it. So like, I I like to keep my schedule jam packed with lots of things and Mm -hmm. saying no to something and especially uh, creating a time boundary. Um, mm-hmm. that, that's probably my biggest thing is I'm, I'll, I'll kind of compromise with time, but then realize that I have time to get ready for it or relax in between, or right. even sometimes like I'll, I will have time and I'll meditate in my car. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like a guided meditation and be like, okay, <sighs> take deep breaths. <laughs> yeah. That helps I too. Yeah. Right before, <laughs> you know, like, yeah exactly Zen mode for this kid and for yourself and yeah so how how have you um have you ever had like a a problem with uh time boundaries how would you I don't know any advice for that
1: time boundaries yeah and and Just saying no, I know is really difficult for some people, um, but I just knew, I think I paid attention to how I felt um, when I didn't do something that I felt like I should do. And I really like that feeling like when my life is in alignment, it sort of feels like a river flowing through me. There's a lot of water imagery because I'm a Pisces, I guess. And it it just feels like a flow. And so I don't, the more I do it, the less it feels bad to say no, because I really am sort of slightly addicted to that flow. I really like that feeling. And I always call it like feeling jangly if I am doing something, you know, that's going to take a, a lot of time. And it's also about, again, goes back to making choices. Like, like you, I like to have a lot of things going on. And I, I really, sometimes my creativity suffers because I'm doing other things. So I sort of always go back to center and that's my center. And if you can get that figured out, I feel like everything else sort of flows from there.
0: Do you have any um, exercises or grounding exercises you could share with us that might help somebody who's having trouble with that?
1: Oh, grounding. Yeah. And grounding is imperative. Thank you for mentioning that because uh, the quickest way I've always done is just take your shoes and socks off and go outside and walk on a patch of grass. And that, that is the quickest way I lived in an apartment and sometimes that wasn't um, readily available. So always have a plant at least if you can keep that like a basil plant or something in your kitchen and just touch the dirt. I find that very grounding or holding a crystal, like a really good crystal in your hand, rose quartz, hematite, tourmaline, all of those are really grounding.
0: Wonderful. I I just recently um, in the last few months uh, watched a documentary about grounding Mm-hmm. And how important it is to because we're so disconnected. Like it, like you said, your Pisces Pisces is um, on, on the body is the feet, and mm-hmm. I've mentioned that before in my podcast. And um, it's really important to um, connect your feet to the ground because that is yeah. like your subconscious and conscious meeting in between, you know. And uh, yeah, that's re- it's really really important to do that.
1: Absolutely, yeah, I agree.
0: <laughs> totally. Oh, I wanted I wanted to mention um I wanted you to mention really. Um you say you have a um a goddess that you kind of turn to in your time of need.
1: Oh yes, I am devoted to Bridget. She's a Celtic goddess. And did you want to hear the story of how I connected with her? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I've been aware of the deities uh, in a lot of ways. Like to me, nature can be a deity. So, you know, I don't want to get hung up on, you know, terms and and things like that. But uh, one imulk, which is a celebration usually on February 1st that celebrates Bridget, the goddess. I was like in a really rough patch. I had moved here. Um, A lot of things had happened. I had ended a relationship. I just really felt at the end of my rope, uh, and I use the term broken. I was just like, I had no clue where to go, what to do, what next. And so I celebrated Imolk with uh, Mother Grove Goddess Temple here in Asheville, and they had a public ritual. And I remember that night, I I just sort of set up like a little makeshift altar tour, and I literally got on my knees and started crying. And I was like, I have no idea who you are. I don't know what I want. I don't know where to go. If you could help me, that would be great. And uh, in return, like for the next five days, I will just spend time with you. I don't know what I'm doing kind of thing. And so I did, and that was also part of my life turning around uh, because amazing things happened, like literally starting that night, and I had no expectations, but, and it wasn't like a Christmas list or anything, but it was definitely transformative, and like each day I was like, wow, you know, like how powerful and how it affected me specifically, and so yeah, I've been devoted to it for a couple of years, and then I just got ordained this past imolk, Um pretty much in her honor, because she was pretty much nudging me and going, you need to be ordained and do it in my name. And I was like, okay, you know, whatever you say, you know, because... If I don't, like, listen, or if I don't do, you know, what she guides me to do, it it never ends well. <laughs> and so, I I have learned, um, not out of fear, just out of, again, going back to that really lovely flowing feeling of being in alignment that it it just, she's there for a reason, and I feel like she guides and protects me. And other deities have shown up as well. I mean, Artemis actually showed up before Bridget did, but I think Artemis had shown up for me just to give me courage to like make the steps that I was making and to move through my life and make changes.
0: That's how I feel about Ganesha or Ganesh. Um, Oh yeah. There's a lot of, um, you know, Ganesh is the, the Hindu God of, um, I can't even think of the word.
1: Abundance. Isn't it abundance or.
0: No, it's like bound, not boundaries, but oh goodness, gracious. I just had like the biggest brain fart. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah, that happens to me.
0: Oh my gosh. Hold on. I'm just going to look it up real quick. So, sometimes words are hard.
1: Yep, understand.
0: <laughs> oh man. Well, um Yeah, tell uh who so Bridget is the god of the Celtic god of protection.
1: Oh, she's a goddess of many things. Uh, she's a goddess of poetry and blacksmithing and um, childbirth, beer, uh, a lot of the hearth, you know, like the center of your home kind of thing. So she's, I, I really love the fact that she's so multi-talented and has so many, so many things that people can turn to her for. Because I wanted to, this was after my first trip to Ireland and I wanted to get back and I wanted to, I think I just, i have been stumbling along with my writing and that was at a pivotal time too and so I wanted help with writing and I just didn't know like what next steps to take and so literally every day for like a week she pretty much like something amazing would happen and I would be like whoa how okay you know and uh it was just transformative and after that you know things just started to change for me much happier and I'm really really grateful for that.
0: That's beautiful. By the way, Ganesh is the um ob- obstacle god.
1: That's right. Yes, the obstacle. Yeah, it was on the top of my head too. So think
0: of that. <laughs> yeah, it was on the tip tip of my tongue for sure. Yeah, I I yeah. have the same I have the same kind of uh, connection with Ganesh because uh, it came around the time where I was like really lost and wasn't sure mm-hmm. where to go and what to do, and um, there was like this kind of synchronicity. Um, with Ganesh and a friend of mine, who's actually I'm not friends with anymore. We had a falling out not too long after that, actually. Um, ironically, um, and uh, I guess she was an obstacle in my way that needed to be—I don't know—removed.
1: Yeah, I was about to say there it was happens. a reason for that. It
0: happens. Yeah, and so like Ganesh was kind of like a big part of part of my life, and I've always had like a problem with going through the obstacles. Um, and I, I, I always thought that I had like so many obstacles in front of me that, that I put in front of me, Mm -hmm. not that were put in front of me by somebody else, but it was kind of like, so he, he reminded me to do, to do that. So yeah, yeah, sometimes like you need an outside, you know, when they talk about like needing an outside perspective, sometimes you don't think about like the deities in our lives you know oh yeah neck too and um that's really important to me to be able to like you know Ganesh is my friend he's he's actually I keep looking at him he's like there's Aww. a tapestry right actually let me show you Lisa. oh nice so so beautiful Can you see him is that yellow Maybe. no no, nope. okay. I'll take a picture and sh- send it to you later.
1: <laughs> yes, please do. Yeah. He's
0: so beautiful. He's front, in front of our window, and we love him so much.
1: <laughs> oh, wonderful!
0: Um, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah oh
1: and I'm a big believer in you are drawn to I mean there is a reason for it so I mean I'm not even Irish I'm a big believer in and it doesn't matter where it comes from you know I'm a big believer in following like what you're drawn to and what is drawn to you because I mean I'm not even remotely Irish but somehow the Celtic deities keep finding me so I'm okay with that you know it just I've I've made peace with it because it puzzled me for a long time because there's like Literally, I did one of those DNA tests, and I think I'm like 3% Irish. But um, I mean, and Not that numbers matter, but at the same time, I was like, oh, this is interesting. But then I found out that the Celts had settled back where my family comes from. And so I thought, oh, well, maybe that's why. Like, Maybe this is a DNA thing. I have no clue. I don't really question it. But I know some people feel really rigid about it, and I'm not one of those. I, I really feel like whatever is drawn to you, there is a reason for it.
0: Yeah, sometimes it's not all or nothing. Sometimes it's just like. Absolutely. You know, yeah. you can believe whatever you want to believe as long as it doesn't step on other people's beliefs, is what I.
1: Absolutely. Believe. I agree with that.
0: Believe. Yeah. <laughs> Lack of a better word. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. When I was younger, I was, I was Catholic and believed in all of the angels, which I still kind of do, That the angels I've kind of held on to, but the rest of it. Um, I've still sort of hung on to as well, but just in a different kind of way, like kind of like my, oh yeah, my evolution, I had 12 my years
1: of Catholic school.
0: Oh yeah, that's right. We oh did yeah, talk about that's things. right. <laughs> Evolutions have changed. They're just a little bit, um, obscure. Yeah. Yeah.
1: St. <laughs> An- Anthony still helps me find stuff. So yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. actually my friend, my mom has a friend, um, that sees angels, and I really want to get her on this podcast. Um, she's oh like, nice, she people's archangel, and like sees them like standing next to next to you, and that, I think that's the coolest thing ever. And I was kind of yeah, that's a gift. Because angels, I don't know, you know, and that yeah. pessimism stage, everybody has that pessimism. Yeah. Stage.
1: <laughs> absolutely yeah
0: that that negative pagan stage
1: <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly
0: oh, man. um so also um to to bring it back to like blogs and stuff um I wanted to mention something that I found that you were um interviewed by the um pagan voices you were interviewed by, by pagan voices and um uh lisa wagner which indeed is what it was called and i thought that was really yeah really yes um and it mentioned your first witch book that you like took it out of the library oh
1: yes yes Uh, very oh my gosh i can still it's so funny i have tried to find it and I can see this one picture as clear as day, and it's, it was just an old book I had checked out of the library when I was a kid. I was an avid reader, and just something just really resonated with me, and from then on, I think it was like four or five, it was like a collection of like spooky stories, oh,
0: so and the,
1: the witch part just really got to me, so.
0: yeah. So you, it sounds like you've always kind of been connected with that part of you.
1: Right. Oh yeah. As I mentioned before, like I grew up around a lot of this stuff. So like German and Austrian people, in my opinion, like, especially my mother, they celebrate sort of a, a folk magic, but we don't really have the language. I didn't have the language for it. So I didn't grow up saying this is magic or this is anything. It was just what we did. And so when I moved to Asheville and people would start saying things like spell work or manifesting or, you know, all these different words. I was like, Oh, I do that. You know, I just never called it that it was just something I'd always done. So yeah, so language is important. um, But you can I mean, I have, like I said, I've done this my whole life. Like if I want to manifest something, I have a certain ritual I do. I've done that since I was a kid. And it's just all part of manifesting. And it just sort of came through like growing up, Um, especially Europeans, I like to tell family stories. And like, I spent a lot of summers with my grandmother, and she would do like little funny things. And be like when she hiccuped she would be like oh that means somebody's thinking of me and so that's like a little bit of you know folk magic and nine times out of ten she was right so
0: oh that's really good that it was like part of your part of your everyday life and your family's lives and
1: it was yeah
0: that you I feel like I'm kind of sort of the same way I always had like little things that would happen to me that I could not explain and it was Mm. always just like unexplained but I had no you know label on it but it was right. like this manifestation thing that I was doing that I had no idea yeah was, uh, was something that other people did and yeah Asheville how how magical has Asheville been for you like it's been so magical for me like it, like we were drawn here for a purpose and we were drawn here to do something good for other people and for ourselves
1: Oh, I definitely agree. Yeah. I've um, had so many encounters and met so many people and been to so many just magical places that, yeah, I can definitely vouch for that. I mean, just alone, just Riverside Cemetery. I mean, that to me is one of the most magical places and I love cemeteries anyway, but I've never had like such a connection before to... um especially to Thomas Wolfe, but just, you know, other, other people too, you know, because I think you and I both visited my dead boyfriend in the, in the cemetery, H. Clay Wilson. And yeah. And so like, it's just, it's a magical place, you know, and we're lucky because we have metaphysical shops and we have people that practice all sorts of different, you know, um, kinds of magic. And, you know, and like I said, the creativity just, it flows here. I think it's because we're in the mountains and it's just, we're surrounded by so much natural beauty. I think you can't help but be inspired by it.
0: Yeah. And there's something to be said about that. And also I've heard things that, um, that they're like crystals under the ground in Asheville or something.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I forget. uh, Yeah. I can't think of it off the top of my head, but I know like we're built on some sort of like huge crystal basically. Uh, I'm not sure if it's quartz, mica, something like that, but yeah, we, I've heard that a lot.
0: Yeah. And that's how, why it, it draws a certain uh, type of person.
1: Right. Yeah. Oh, and I just read recently, actually like the mountain ranges, the Appalachian mountains, they used to be like, you know, back in the world before, people. Um, we used to be more smooshed together. And actually the Appalachians, I think were part of like the UK, which I find fascinating because that oh, makes yeah. so much sense. Yeah. Because a lot of Celts were drawn here to, you know, back in the day of, you know, settlements and, and things like that. So, and it makes so much sense when I saw it, I was like, why am I not surprised? Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Some, some people really just have a calling. I know I did.
1: Yep. I did too. Yeah. Yeah, it was funny. I was originally supposed to, um, not supposed to, I was planning to move to Wilmington to the beach, uh, Wilmington, North Carolina. And that was my plan. And I was on the Blue Ridge Parkway for some reason. And, you know, I had grown up going both to the mountains and the beach as a kid when I spent summers in North Carolina. And I was on the parkway and I literally heard a voice say, you're moving to Asheville. And I said, um, what? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm moving to the beach. Hey. And uh, for some reason, then all of a sudden, it just took a hold of me. And I was like, okay, never mind Wilmington. And I set my sights on Asheville. Wow. Yeah. And I've wow. met so many people that have had similar stories to that.
0: Yeah. Uh, same. I, um, I know my mom wanted to move here, and that's why I moved here. But it took her years to move here. But it took me, like, a second. Yeah. You know, it took me, like, maybe a few few months maybe but,
1: oh yeah. yeah yeah and the same thing like if people move here and they're not meant for here i have seen them go through so much and pretty much just get spit out <laughs> and go back to wherever
0: my brother went through the same thing he moved back maybe three times and even my friend phil he he moved back and forth between um indiana and here oh so wow he settled in texas but like yeah i've seen a lot of people um go through a lot of like trials and tribulations
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) because
0: they were either i don't know maybe they 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 weren't living their truth at the time or maybe and they are now because they're somewhere else or you know it 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 kind of varies but but yeah i definitely see that too um but i'm glad you're here and i'm glad you
1: moved
0: i've known you and (laughs) thank you (laughs) yeah um
1: and you're one of the magical people i met just so yes absolutely that's
0: so funny that you call me like every people call me magical and i never thought i was so magical it's like
1: oh you are (laughs) i knew that the first time i met you
0: wow see see that's perspective it's really interesting because you know my friend simona that i i I, we i also um talked to her on the podcast as well you know she's like oh my god you're so magical i'm like what how when where why how yeah (laughs) And so it wasn't until I started like actually practicing um certain things, like you know doing you know ceremonies and and spells even um mm-hmm. i didn't, I didn't realize until then that i was I was the magical person that I am, and you know uh what would you say to somebody like that who doesn't think that it's for them but might be curious about um dabbling in uh witchcraft or doing a spell or
1: Uh, Well, the first thing I would tell them is uh, to remove all shoulds and shouldn'ts. Uh, There is no one way to do things um, and definitely rely on your intuition because I think some people get caught up. uh, It's sort of like cooking, like you either follow the recipe exactly or you intuitively know what to add to make it taste good for you. And I find spell work and witchcraft and anything like that, it's all about the intention. Uh, It doesn't really matter if you have, uh, you know, a... Or this color candle, if you don't have it available, feel free to substitute because it's your intention and that is going to motivate that energy. It's really just about moving energy, honestly. And so that's why I always tell people and they get such relief on their faces because they really do think it's like, oh, if I don't do it this way, I will not, you know, it will be wrong. And I'm like, well, you know, sometimes things do backfire, but again, it's about the intention. So.
0: Yeah. A lot of the, the things that I've read that, um, like the uh, banishing spells and mm-hmm. the protection spells, they have a lot to do with um, visualization. Visualizing yes. the negative energy, just going like normally, if I do with, like a banishing spell or a protection spell, I do it in the water so it can yeah. wash off of me. Okay. Um, just cause also I'm connected with water as well. Yeah. <laughs> Taurus is the, uh, the moon exalter. So. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, that's me. Um, but yeah, like wa- washing it off and like letting it like settle in-, in there and just, you know, uh, actually using it as a floor wash too.
1: Oh, definitely. I do that too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 I haven't done that yet. Um, but I'm I'm close to I'm doing all the um I'm doing moon water spells mostly.
1: Oh nice. Yeah. I, I, I resonate with the I like moon as well.
0: Moon too. New, I like that we're uh, we're talking on the new moon.
1: That's right.
0: I like that. <laughs> yeah, I like to I like to plan things around the moon sometimes. I do plan plan my letting go and my manifesting like stuff around the moon. Like the, the waxing moon is the manifesting and the waning moon is the letting go. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's some powerful energy to harness. I do the same thing. Um, I usually work with the new or the full moon because the the ones in between I have a hard time keeping up with. (laughs) So that's, that's my boundary. Uh, but I, I do like, yeah, I love working with the new and the full moon. I mean that just harnessing that energy and, and it flows really well here I find. So yeah, it's been really magical.
0: There's some great places to go. It's actually, my my backyard is one of them. Me uh, too. To watch the moon. And yeah. Then, uh, there's no like, like, you know, street lights around too much, and it's so beautiful. Yeah, I've always been. I'm actually wearing. Um, people that are listening can't see, but I'm wearing. Moon
1: oh, moon I moon see that. Yeah, moon phase earrings. Those are beautiful. <laughs> moon
0: phase because why not? <laughs> why not?
1: Those are gorgeous. Where did you get that?
0: Oh, my friend Kelsey gave them to me.: Oh, nice.: Yeah, yeah it's really nice.: Very Yeah, I've, cool. always, I've always been connected with the Moon. Um, is there anything that you connect yourself with? Um, I know some people do uh, spells on a certain day, like I know Friday is the day of Venus, and mm-hmm. Saturday is the day of Saturn. Um, if,
1: yeah, if my spell work has to have a specific, I mean, very, very specific kind of intention, then I will look all of that up. Um, but I sort of just, again, go by my intuition and, and see what works uh, because I, I lose track. I mean, like off the top of my head, I couldn't tell you what Monday through Sunday, you know, what energies are best. But if I needed it, that's why I love Google because, you know, or reading. I have so many books on the subject that that's what's really helpful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love that we have that at our fingertips nowadays.
1: Oh, um, I do too. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's witchcraft. I tell you. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, I'm really excited about this book that you've got going on and I would love to hear more about it once um you get it off the ground and, um, published. Maybe we can talk again. Absolutely. Um, very soon and talk about, I also, um, want to do a whole podcast about the wheel of the year. Oh,
1: I'd love to. Absolutely. I mean,
0: you talked about in bulk and you talked about Samhain, which looks like some Hain, if anybody sees it like written out, it's S-A-M-H-A-I-N and it's the pagan Halloween. And um, actually, can you tell us a little bit about, more about what Samhain is because I, when I think about like a, a Halloween um, culture uh, celebration, I think of the Day of the Dead, and that's like the day that the, our ancestors we celebrate our ancestors. Is that kind of like a um, a similar celebration or? Well, absolutely,
1: because uh, a lot of the things that we celebrate today are based basically on agricultural, the agricultural year, because that's how we all started out, right? Back in the day, we all had farms and things like that. And then from that, like some, you know, secular and religious people took over, you know, October 31st and and then November 1st is, you know, All Saints Day, for example, for Catholics and things like that. And it's also Day of the Dead in other cultures. So we, I, I always love the commonality of all of it. So basically, Samhain is, is a harvest festival. It's the third and yeah, final harvest. I just what?
0: I just SOW so.
1: Uh-huh. That's I right. <laughs>
0: yeah. Sorry, I interrupted for that. No, that's great.
1: <laughs>
0: that's, that's, yeah. I, I wrote it down and I thought, anyway, keep going. Yeah,
1: no, and it's it's really interesting because it is like the third and final harvest festival and we also honor our dead. And it is also the Celtic New Year because the agricultural year pretty much ended because it's the final harvest festival and we're getting ready for winter, which is when we have Yule, which is another celebration on the pagan wheel of the year. So, And it's not necessarily limited to pagans. It Again, to me, anybody that likes nature, you'll love the Wheel of the Year because we follow, you know, because the agricultural year is based on when we planted things, when we, you know, saved up things for the winter and when we planted and all kinds of things. So it's just, it's really beautiful. And we're actually having an ancestor vigil at Mother Grove. Uh, I don't know if this will be in time for your podcast, but on the 21st, there's an online ritual to honor our ancestors and I will be part of that. So
0: Wonderful. What is that, next Wednesday?
1: Next Wednesday, yeah
0: next Wednesday. Awesome.
1: Yeah. I'll send you a link in case you include it with this. So
0: yeah, I would love to see that. Um, it probably won't be, but I would okay. love to do it. Um, well, that's what I thought.
1: No, and no problem. I'll just send you a link and whatever you want to yeah, do with it. But yeah,
0: totally. I love that yeah. you're tap- tapped into that because, um, I've always, I've always admired people that are tapped into the wheel of the year. My, um, my friend, Simona, that I just spoke to, um, she's, she's tapped into and it's nice to have that, um, those people to remind you. Well, it's
1: very grounding. Um, The one thing I love about it is like it's pretty much every six weeks we're celebrating something, which can sound overwhelming, but at the same time, it sort of grounds you because you don't have to do a whole lot. Um, You can light a candle or you can just sort of read up on it. And it's just it's just a beautiful way of marking time. And so I sort of follow it as well. And it's just it just. I don't know, it just appeals to like the rhythm of the way I live. And, and even like physically, it just sort of flows. Again, there's that flowing word uh, of of how, you know, this is how our ancestors lived pretty much. And like my ancestors were farmers and um and I love honoring them this time of year. I honor them year round, but especially this time of year, it just it just makes me feel closer to them because they always say the veil is thin, which means the veil between this world and the afterlife. And this place, especially Asheville, I think the veil is is very, very thin. So you can have encounters with your ancestors. I know I have myself, and that's been an amazing thing as well. So
0: yeah, I want to go on the go to the cemetery a lot more often in October for some. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, me and my friend are having a picnic at the cemetery. Not to, uh, like. Oh,
1: nice. That'll
0: be, that'll be fun. <laughs>
1: oh, that's a great idea. I like that. I love
0: stuff like that. I love. Uh, me too. Yeah. You were telling, t- talking earlier about how connected you are with that Riverside cemetery. And I, I definitely concur with that. Um, I uh, had surgery last year. And um after surgery, I was kind of like struck with um looking at my own mortality and i think mm-hmm. um the the cemetery really helped me with that because it because i thought i kind of like looked at it as like um an a, a polar opposite thing where cuz the riverside cemetery is so beautiful and it has all this life above ground and then there's all this all these people that used to live um, li- live in our world Below the ground, right? And I thought that was such a beautiful like. I can almost see the picture of like skeletons on a in, on, uh, under the 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 grass and the and the ground, and then like all these beautiful birds and trees and just like this this beauty. And I, I I love that that it's kind of like a metaphor for life, you
1: know. That is beautiful. Yeah, it, it just struck me. It is a perfect example of as above, so below. As you know. Above. so So, oh yeah I mean and that you feel that when you walk there because yeah there's history and there's life and there's peacefulness and serenity and there's there's life that's coursing through that place so yeah I agree
0: and there's peace and serenity below too
1: A- absolutely
0: Ooh snap <laughs> Ooh, <yeah>. we're so <laughs>
1: profound <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> yes, right.
0: <laughs> all right lisa well it was so great talking to you and i'm so excited to um edit this and have this on the pod- podcast lineup and thank you
1: so much for having me i've enjoyed this this was great
0: Um, I do want to make sure that we put like all your information on the um, podcast but I'd love to hear can you just give us like um, links that you can go to to get um, more of your blogs and your uh, your Reiki and all of that if you can just tell us really quickly.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I have my own website. It's LisaWagner.com. And that's L-I-S-A-W-A-G-O-N-E-R. And you can find me there if you're interested in a Reiki session or a reading session. I read cards as well. And then my blog is Witch, Indeed at Pathios. If you just type that in, you'll be able to find my blogs. And it has a whole link and you can also sign up so that you get it regularly as well. Awesome.
0: Well, yeah. um, that's awesome. I'm I'm so glad... So glad you had the time to do this uh, with me and uh, Aww,
1: thank you so much for having me. This was great
0: awesome all right and uh... and if you want to do a wheel of the year
1: like especially um, in January or something, that might be a good time to do it to lay it out for the year,
0: but yeah Thank you so much for listening to the Purple Elephant Playground podcast. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions about what we should cover, you can email me at purpleelephantplayground at gmail.com. Please like, share, and follow, and look for more as we take this journey together. Remember, you are beautiful, courageous, and powerful. Never forget it.